Thank you to our sponsors, 9to5 Seating and Kaleidoscope Concept for this week's podcast of The Conversation Continues. Good afternoon or good morning, wherever our guests are listening today. And we are very excited. We have a series that we've called Living Your Truth. This is a collection of stories from people in our industry to share how they have overcome adversity and use those struggles to live their authentic life. So we're really excited because we have Kajima Abuka with us today, and we're going to let her just give a short little bio um, where she works and what she does in our industry, and then we'll kind of go into her story. But um, we really are hoping that the stories that people share on this podcast inspire you and um, as they share their tales. So, Kajima, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, Christine, and hi, everyone listening. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Super excited to be here, and I really, truly hope that our conversation today, um, you know, enriches your life. All right, so I currently work at Gensler as a strategist. Um, I also look at being a strategist from a sustainability lens, since I have those... um, credentials. And um, I kind of look at things from more of a 30,000 square feet um, level of um, when it comes to planning. And for the last year, I've really focused on education in um, community colleges. Wow. So within that role, you actually go and help the clients with this. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Because I'm a little fascinated with this role that you do. Yes. And, you know, and I think that's what's interesting about, you know, when people think of design firms, I think people just think of like, oh, people just go there as an architect or an interior designer or, you know, things like that, which is, you know, interior design, interior architecture is my background, but being a strategist, you're really looking at planning and coming up with ways to make a process better or upgrading. So in a sense, what a lot of community colleges do is they from time to time, really need to evaluate either their strategic plan, the education plan, the facilities plan. So as a strategist, I come in to analyze things like or or conduct surveys, analyzing those feedback, because that informs what will happen to the facilities of things. So people start to tell us how do they use their facility or how do they wish they could use their facility especially after COVID-19, I think a lot changed for both students, faculty, and staff in community colleges and all colleges, universities. But now people are, they care about what their students are doing and how can they serve them better. So having an opportunity to have that engagement with their students and faculty and staff to see where can we meet you and together move forward towards better is really where I really come in is analyzing all that information, documenting it, and then moving it on to where the facilities team, when it comes to architecture and um, planning that out to really address what is needed for the student faculty and staff today. Wow. And that is a very holistic approach. Exactly. Making new master planning and ideas for the facility as a whole. Right. And then when you think about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, 
people yes. want to know, right? Um, as well as sustainability, because all of that could be woven into the built environment and yeah. how people feel about that built environment. And schools want to facilitate belonging and anything positive that would make their students successful at school and after they graduate. And again, just as you said, it's a sense of that belonging. So nobody is really left behind and everybody feels a place that they can belong at these campuses. So, right. wow. Right. And I they feel heard, that. right? They feel heard yes. that their input was recognized and documented. And, and um, so we are physically, you know, besides like we do the online survey, we actually physically go to the school and talk to the students in their groups to hear from them. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's really, really great. So most people have a unique childhood, some more unique than others, but can you share where you were born and raised? Oh, that's a great question. I was born and raised in Nigeria, West Africa. In fact, I'll be more specific and say I was actually born and raised in Lagos State, um, Nigeria, West Africa. And um, I was there throughout my adult life and I had the opportunity of coming here to do my undergrad. So that's kind of what brought me to the United States. What a journey that has been, right? (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So then did you learn English as a child growing up or in college or how did you learn English? You know, that's, I always giggle when people ask me that and and people were asking me that in college as well, which is, um, which was interesting because I thought everyone knew what was happening globally. Um, But one of the things with Nigerian history is we were colonized by the British, like many other countries um, around the world in different times or places. So we actually got our independence in 1960. So if you think about it, it's not really that long ago. So our lingua franca, which is like the language everyone speaks because Nigeria has, is made up of three major tribes. So there's different, you know, dialects underneath that. So we're actually one of the countries with quite a diverse language, but Mm -hmm. being that we were colonized by the British, we have a common language of speaking English to each other, regardless of what tribe or dialect that you belong to. And like some countries too, we have like broken English, you know, which is always fun. Um, as well, but that was the way that we kind of communicated to each other. So it was more like the the writing and the spelling was more British style. So when I came here, that was another thing I had to change. Like, no, you in color, you know. Oh my you know, goodness! You know, center is spelled, you know, with the R and the E switch places, and the dates <laughs> are even written like differently. And you know, so it's it's a whole different, you know, brain change of of things. Wow, I never knew that. That's very, very fascinating, but it also puts you very more advanced too, to be able to also know another language too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think more so it's a privilege to be able to speak more than one language and kudos to people who speak like three, four, five. I mean, I wish, you know, but yeah, it's, it's really does help to have that extra. It keeps you global grounded. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's really great when kids are exposed to being able to be bilingual, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, it just, it's so great. Um, so I wanted to go into more of a more deeper question now. 
Um, what do you think was one of your first issues in dealing with adversity, if you wouldn't mind sharing? You know, that's a really great question. And, you know, when you when you grow up in a country where you're kind of born into your parents telling you like adversity is what we live and deal with every day. Um, so there, there's adversity in different levels. When I think about it, I think about it in like infrastructure and how you live, right? So we grew up in like compounds. What's, what's, um, I don't know today, I don't really necessarily see it here as far as where I live. But if you, if you, if you live in a, in a house where you have gates around the whole house, mm -hmm. everyone kind of had to be like self-sustaining and resilient. So infrastructure, when I think of electricity, yes. that power outage goes out. So in order for you to be self-sustaining, you have to have a generator that you can kind of get electricity when the power goes out. And when I say when the power goes out, it's not like, oh, two hours. I mean, this could be, you know, from days to weeks where you don't have it. So you have to be self-sufficient. And then when you think about water and access to water, the same thing. It's like, I grew up also where we had a well. So in case water just kind of was very scarce or less, you kind of went to draw water in the, from the well. Um, so adversity comes in that sense to me first and then yeah. comes with the understanding that education was very important and learning as much as you can was very important so if you meet a you know I, we say this I say this in generality like if you meet a lot of Nigerians we do not take education for granted we try to push ourselves to learn as much as we can into education we're very hard workers and I'm saying this again in generality so it pushes me to think of anyway, that's how, what brought me here. Right. So it was like, if I had the opportunity to go and study abroad, I wanted to go, I wanted to learn, I wanted to venture out. So education was what I grew up as a ticket out of how to deal with adversity in a different level. So knowledge and education was a powerful source of advancing yourself from adversity and equipping yourself to be able to be resilient and agile. Yeah. So all of that really, those are the things that really come to mind, my physical environment. And then when you're thinking of mental education environment and just having to deal with, with things like that. Yeah. So it was literally down to the basic skills of the necessities of life, where it's like water and, right. and electricity and things like that and being self-sufficient, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those yeah. are the basic cores yeah. of living. Exactly. Yeah. I think of uh, Maslow's, uh, you know, triangle, right? Like oh. you want the basics first. You're yeah. like, if I can do, if I can do that, you know, that's first the, level. You can that's move first to, level. Next. Exactly. Can to the exactly. next, to the next, to um, self-actualization. And he's one exactly. of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely one of my favorites. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head with my thoughts on that one too. Um, so that kind of rolls me into the next question. And I think you kind of uh, talked about it, but you might go into more depth is um, what was the pivotal point that you think you shifted to push you through that adversity? And you kind of talked about education. I, I think pivotal moments, I always say, isn't, doesn't happen once. I feel mm -hmm. like it happens in several stages as we move through life, uh, where you like, you can pick one moment that you can remember that really changed things for you. 
And I think for me, when I got here uh, and I was done with my undergraduate from Vanguard University, I think I was I was at the point where now it's like, what do you want to do? You know, where do you want to see? And I thought, you know, of course, education, where else can I get educated? And one of the things I first of all thought about was, oh, let me just continue with my master's in business or something in that nature since I graduated with a marketing degree. Um, and I realized at that point, like everyone that was in that class were like, had all these years of experience um, in the business world. And I was looking at, I can't just go from undergrad and try to go and do my master's, at least for me in the business side of things, I needed experience. So I thought, okay, what else can I do? So I went into understanding what finances, mutual funds, and um, you needed to get some states or nationwide um, accreditation for that. And while I was doing that, a gentleman told me, which, you know, when you go to lunch, you get to talk to your classmates, mm-hmm. was like, oh, no, my father is looking for an assistant. And, um, you know, would you be interested? Because his assistant was pregnant and was about to have a child. So they hadn't found someone to replace her yet. And I thought, wow, for someone who did, does not know me, you know, but trusted that um, he could introduce me to his dad and maybe I could work there. I thought, you know, it's a pivotal moment for me. Like someone, wow, it's great to do good. Yes. You know, it's great to extend a hand and trust that the person you're talking to, even though you don't know them deeply, would do something good in return. Yes. I thought I would remember this to duplicate it if I ever yeah. have the opportunity to do that. Pay it for yeah. That was very pivotal for me because I thought I'm from another country. You don't know me from anyone else. My parents are not here, you know, but you took a chance on me. Why would I want to disappoint myself and you or your dad? I should do this and, and see where it lands. And that was my first experience in working in like corporate worlds of things. So that was, that was really cool. Oh my gosh. That's such a great story. But I think it also lends um, the story about just helping one another, you know, and that kindness of just trying to trust. And I think he also saw something in you as well. Because think of all the people he probably knows, and he could have thought about asking to potentially do that role, but he saw something in you, you know? And he, yeah, and he, I'm thankful, definitely thankful for that. So that, that right. was, that was, um, that was amazing. And, and that, that kind of kindness, like you said, is, is something that sometimes is rare, but when people Correct. do it, it goes such a long way and blesses people. And that is an amazing, it's just an amazing feeling to, to have that validation of someone that is willing to care and extend. So I would always remember that for sure. That's amazing. I love that. The other question I wanted to ask you is with all the experiences that you've had in your life. So growing up in another country, you know, having, uh, being bilingual, Um, you know, and then having the adversities that you've overcome, even just from, you know, as we talked about Maslow and the basic needs of survival, right. And knowing how to basically take care of yourself with the basic necessities of life, but knowing that education was a great tool for being able to, um, overcome some of the adversities, right. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you think these adversities have allowed you to live your truth? Wow. 
that's that's big <laughs> right <laughs> it's funny because I always feel like my response may not do it justice but then you know what the, I look at where I am now and just the thankfulness of that just Aww. when we think about you know education and I'm, I'm lucky enough to be doing my doctorate right now um and just the journey that has even gotten me here um is it, quite when you talk about living your truth it's it's like you thought okay if I can just you know when I did my master's oh you know if I could just get there I think wow that would be quite an achievement you know and <laughs> and you know but then you know I've been blessed to be able to have two masters um you know one in you just you know, my MBA and also doing my master's in interior architecture and now pursuing global leadership and change. Amazing. And it, to me, your truth happens where you are, right? So, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what, what the next phase when it comes to the education part of it, like, where is that going to be? And how can I leave my truth in that space of being a doctoral student that I am right now and the space of when I'm com- when I'm done, right? And like leaving the truth of how I got there and knowing that honestly it wasn't just myself that got my, you know, me here. It's it's been the, you know, combination of people and support and um encouragement that has gotten me along the way to where I am today. So leaving my truths cannot happen without mentioning others or talking about others or seeing others in that conversation because nobody wants to leave life alone right you just you want to do it because there's other people around you that supporting that you're supporting as well that makes it truly an an ecosystem that survives um and and that thrives is just living the truth of you you want to help other people as you're being helped living the truth of um understanding that you cannot do life alone and that it takes a village to do it. And who are the people that you can kind of bring around you to support and support you? Um, Yes. All of that really is the way that I live my truth is just being my true self by not even forgetting where I also came from. That's also a huge big part of it. Like always remembering that it was by grace I'm here and that my past is part of what my present is and is always going to be part of what my future would be. And yeah. being grounded in that makes me feel like I am living my truth by just being here. That's amazing. I love that. And I think it is so true. You know, where we came from really helps develop where we're going or where we are headed for and the path that we've traveled. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah you know, and being grateful for where we're at, you know, and always seeing gratitude in that and the people that get there. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And I just, it's like the, it's, I always see in you that you're always just grateful for what you have and the journey that you're taking in, in getting there and then the help and the work that you do, you know, you're just a very thankful person, which is so, is so lovely to see. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to ask you one last question. I just wanted to ask, is there like one kind of quote or saying or something that kind of helps you think kind of sum up you or inspires you or, or anything that, you know, 
kind of ties you in a bow or I don't know. You know, I, I would have said, I, as you were asking that question, I started thinking to myself, I think one of the things that really actually stuck to me today was I was reading this early this morning. Um, and this lady said, you know, like, you know, do this because of your ancestors, do this because of how they fought for it, do this because, you know, and she was talking like she's, she's a doctor and has gone through the doctoral program and she was just saying it in, in social media to everyone that is kind of going through this journey is, you know, when we're thinking of giving up because it's so, so frustrating and, and it's time consuming and, and it is, um, I mean, we know it's going to be rewarding as well, but it, it is a lot, especially when you're working and you have all the volunteer things that you're doing and you have a combination of so many different things going on. And she was just saying again, like, do this because, you know, there are people that have fought that, you know, for you many years ago now, and they will continue to fight for a future. Like, that's why you should wake up and, you know, continue to challenge yourself and kind of hang in there. I want to believe that I'm doing this because there is definitely a reason, um, you know, when you think about, you know, what are the chances? Oh my goodness. Right. So just knowing that there's purpose right? That things, there's a purposeful life that you want to live and that you want to leave a way of lifting people up, bringing people alongside with you. And as many people as you can grab, you know, that you grab them. It makes life so much sweeter, even when everything else may be going completely wrong, (laughs) you know, but, but I think for me, it's like, you're doing this for a purpose and a reason. And it makes you kind of get out of bed a little bit with a smile on your face and with, mm-hmm. with knowing that you're not just doing this because, um, yeah, it's the only way that I've, I've tried to survive a lot of the things that I've been through, because let me tell you, there's a lot of, um, adversity that is amongst us all the time. Um, you know, just being aware of just things that are going on globally could be quite challenging and daunting and overwhelming. But at the same time, we just have to kind of believe that we shouldn't give up hope in what we're trying to pursue for the better of not just this generation, but future generation and continue to plow and move along, even if it's little beauty steps. Um, That's all we need to do to try to wake up every day and keep going. So I I think about that. I think about what she was saying. Do it because, you know, yes, for the sake of anything, but because. Right. That's very, very lovely. Well, I cannot thank you enough. And I also have to thank you for serving on our IIDA Southern California Board as VP of Professional Development. You've been doing an amazing job on that as well, as well as all the other hats that you've worn. (laughs) So thank you for doing that too. And that's why I felt it was so important to be able to get you on this podcast to be able to share your journey. And I knew that you would have inspiring words of wisdom to be able to share with the group. Is there any last things you would like to share before we close out today? You know, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity because you're doing amazing things and just championing DEI at IIDA SoCal as well. Um, You are also going through your, you know, adversity, but boy, just a smile on your face says it all. Christine, that you are resilient, 
and that you will continue to, just like you have, bringing people along, letting them have a space to have a voice, to share their story and bless other people as well. It's all part of it. So I want to thank you for what you're doing and many more lives you continue to touch through this podcast and just everyday interactions. Um, I want to really thank you for that and um, just say like, you know, for those listening, thank you so much and, you know, continue with all the good things that you're doing. And um, it's been a great privilege to be able to sit here and share with you um, just a little glimpse of my story. Ah, well, thank you. I didn't expect any type of plug. That's not what I was looking for at all. You know, we just hope that this podcast will inspire people to want to continue and go with their dreams. And when they're having hard times with it, know that adversity is something that can be pushed through, right? Right, right. Yeah. So we ask the audience to please subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. Let us know how we're doing and give us feedback. So if you want more topics like this or there's things that you want to hear, let us know because we really want to know what you want to hear. This podcast is for all of you out there. And we thank you today for joining. Till next time, everybody, please take care and be safe. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you again for the support from our sponsor, Kaleidoscope Concept. We see design differently, helping you make the decision process easier. And our sponsor's 9to5 seating. The difference is in the details. 9to5 places a strong emphasis on design and accessibility. Thank you. Mm-hmm.